And I tell you, I love the song. I want to thank our worship team for leading us this morning in our corporate worship. It was the first time we sang that song, How Great, How Great Is Your Love for Us. And man, I tell you, it sums up the reason we're here, amen, because we serve a God who um, loves us and who has demonstrated his love toward us uh, by providing a Savior. Romans 5, 8, right? God demonstrates his love toward us while we are yet sinners. Christ died for us. If you're thankful for that this morning, say amen. Amen. You know, we believe that. River Oak Church, we believe that, you know, God has given us a Savior through his Son, and the church has been called. We have been called to walk this out together. Today is a very special day. You saw in that video there, uh, one of our life groups, that was from a couple years ago, that was actually filmed a couple years ago. Uh, a lot of those individuals uh, have, have, have now have babies and have kind of formed their own groups as well. Uh, but we filmed them because uh, the young professional group or that, that younger family group, man, I tell you, they've been such a model for us here uh, as a church. We've seen them really grab a hold of, of this vision of growing smaller and larger at the same time. What does that mean? It means that God's continuing to bless us, and it's a beautiful thing. God bless you for your patience as you pull into the parking lot. I know each week that can sometimes be a struggle. It's okay. You're here now. Can you take a breath? Take a breath. You got your coffee, your donuts, you're good, right? We're good to go. God bless you for that. And I know even sometimes walking in, you know, it can be overwhelming. You see a lot of people, you kind of see what's going on, and, and, and I watch sometimes from behind the screens, and so I, I watch like, you know, the new, new individuals walk in the door, new families walking in the door, and, and I just want to commend you because I know that that's a step of faith in and of itself, to walk into a new church as you're seeking the Lord of saying, okay, God, we recognize how important it is that we join with other believers, that we connect with other believers, that we're fed. I pray that we're fed, biblically speaking, that we can worship corporately. Uh, but the enemy puts obstacles in our way. And so God bless you for being here this morning. I'm sure there was a lot of obstacles this morning in coming to church. But you're sitting here today, and God has promised to honor that. And so we believe as a church that life groups is critical. What do we mean by life groups? We mean, again, uh, connecting beyond just the hour of a Sunday morning. Whether that's in a group on a Sunday morning on campus or whether that's uh, off campus, in a home somewhere throughout the week. And so each year, we've done this now for three years, we've designated a Sunday as we move into the fall that's specific for this. It's, it's specific for connection. And to, today is what we would call group link. Group link meaning that it's going to look a little bit different. So if you're a guest with us today, just know that this is not going to be our typical normal Sunday morning. Usually I preach on a Sunday morning at least 30 minutes sometimes 40, sometimes 50, okay, depending upon how many Red Bulls. And so just know that a, a typical morning, and that's what we do. And so uh, we're going to begin, you know, September 10th, I'm going to launch into a new series in the book of Nehemiah. Next Sunday, we're going to lay some groundwork for that. And so we're getting ready to get into a, a study as a church. But today is specific to GroupLink. Today is specific to doing everything we can to provide you resources and opportunity to connect with other believers. I've been the pastor here for nine years, and I can tell you that I've seen this firsthand. You see individuals coming the door, and, and the Lord does a work in their life, and you see that, right? They're excited about what, what Christ is doing. They're growing in their walk. They're walking with the Lord. But yet, there's not a connection there to the other members within the body. And I've seen this, where it's only a matter of time where a struggle enters into our lives, or a tragedy enters into our lives, or, you know, again, just a season of a, of a storm enters into our lives. And I've seen it where without that connection, uh, you know, I've seen people kind of fall through the cracks. So we recognize and believe that New Testament teaching of the church is that God has called us to live in biblical community. 
And what we call it here is life groups. The world we live in even recognizes the need of relationships. If you don't believe me, take a look at this clip. That was a sad moment. Can we just talk about this for a moment? How do you not fight for your friend? No man left behind. How are you just going to leave your buddy in the middle of the ocean? So I went and saw that. I was in 2000 when that came out, and I was in college. And so a couple of teammates and I went to the movie theater, and I thought that I'd hidden it pretty good during that part of the scene. But then after the movie was over, I got called out very quickly. One of my buddies pulled me inside and said, Heath, did I see you crying when he left Wilson in the ocean? I said, man, that was his friend. That who, that's who got him through those tough times. He said, Heath, you do realize it was a volleyball, right? You do realize <laughs> it was a... The point being, God created us for relationships, right? I mean, if we're created in the image of God, you think about it. The eternal relationship of our God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Even as you go through, when you study the book of Genesis, right, we find that passage that a lot of times we, you know, connect right to the marriage passage of where God looks upon man now before the fall, before sin has entered into the world. And what does he say? It's not good for man to be alone. Understanding that as you study Scripture, biblical community is seen throughout as you study the New Testament church. But in a lot of ways, it goes against everything inside of us. And I'd be the first to admit to you, I'm the pastor of this church, but I recognize that to step outside of a comfort zone and to say, okay, I want to make myself vulnerable and connect with other believers, to do life with them, to gather around God's word, that's easier said than done. And I recognize that. And so as I've been challenging you over these last couple of weeks, what I've been challenging you is this, to really seek the Lord and ask the question, Lord, is this the place that you've led me to be a part of? Is this the church that you've called me to connect with? If so, if God has confirmed that in your heart, then I believe there are others that God wants to connect you with for your benefit and for theirs. All a part of the journey, right? It's all a part of the journey of walking with each other in our relationship with Jesus Christ. I've heard people say before, you know, I don't have to be a member of a church. I don't have to be a member of a life group uh, to, to know Christ and to grow in Christ. Yes, I understand what you're saying, but nowhere in Scripture where you find Lone Ranger Christianity, nowhere in Scripture. But you speak, you see God's Word speaking of a community, a body, a flock, a building. It's a description of many but one. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles very quickly with me this morning and turn with me to the book of Romans very quickly. I want you to look at just a couple of passages this morning. Romans chapter 12. I've asked our youth pastor, Pastor Caleb, to come up in just a moment. Not quite yet. That was good timing, though. But so Pastor Caleb's going to come up in just a moment and share a little bit. I've asked him to speak into this directly. He and his wife are pretty new to the church. They've been here for one year. So many of you can identify with them. I know he's a part of our staff, but as you can imagine, moving here from Texas, uh, not knowing a lot of people, he's going to share a little bit of the testimony how God has used uh, their life group in their own lives. But Romans chapter 12, very quickly this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand in reverence of reading God's word. Romans chapter 12. We're going to really look at verses 3 and 4, but I want to continue uh, with verses 1 and 2. I want to start with verses 1 and 2 because you see the connection between the two. I believe verses 1 and 2 speaks directly into the process of sanctification in the life of the believer. And so there's no wonder why verse 3 and 4 follows directly behind verse 1 and 2. As Paul is talking about our growth, as Paul is talking about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need one another in that process. 
And so what we're going to do this morning is we'll end the service a little bit sooner, a little bit quicker than normal. We want to give you about 20 minutes, uh, the same amount of time that you would give to a typical Sunday morning. And we want to give you the opportunity to go outside of this room. If you walk out these doors and you go to that lobby and you walk outside, you see the tents that are set up. We have life group leaders. We have uh, members of those life groups set up out there with ice cream. So there's another incentive there to go out there. We want you to meet people and we want you to see what's available. And don't be discouraged if you look at it and say, man, there's nothing that meets our needs. Man, we're always looking to start new groups. And we've seen every year that we do this, man, new groups are being formed. New connections are being made. Relationships are growing. But let's look at what the Bible says here very quickly this morning. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to jump down to verse 1. Or not jump down. I'll begin at verse 1. It makes no sense. And then we'll read down to verse 4. It says this. Actually, verse 5. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Join with me as we go to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we can gather here, Lord, in your name this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can gather around the Word of God. We thank you for your Word. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us a blueprint for us as a church. You've given us a blueprint for our lives, for our families. Lord, we recognize that every day, that, Lord, every day is a part of the, the race that you have called us to run. And, Lord, our prayer is that we would run with perseverance, that we would run with freedom. But, Lord, we recognize our need for one another, that first and foremost, you have called us into relationship with you through the sacrifice made upon the cross for our sins. Lord, we thank you for Jesus first and foremost, but we thank you for the way that you call us to one another. I thank you for each person in this place. Lord, I don't believe that it's random or a coincidence that they're sitting here today whether you've confirmed that this is the place for them to grow, or, Lord, they're just beginning in that journey of seeking where you would have them to go. Lord, we pray for wisdom. We pray for discernment. We pray for divine appointments to build us up. More than anything else, Lord, to build us up for your glory and for your name to be made great. And so today, Lord, we pray for you to do a work that only you can. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. I love Romans 12. I love Romans 12, 1 and 2 especially. It's one of those passages of Scripture that uh, I have a tendency to gravitate towards. I know when I was a youth pastor, it was one of those passages of Scripture I would gravitate towards because we would talk to our teenagers all the time about going against the flow. Easier said than done, right? We recognize that as adults, that, hey, we've been saved, we've been redeemed, we've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit, but there's still that battle, right? Paul speaks of it very clearly. We wrestle not against flesh and, our, uh, flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principality, spiritual weakness. So we understand that there's spiritual warfare in the life of the believer, that every day in the life of a believer, there's a battle between flesh and spirit. And we understand, and I don't know about you, it's, it's easy to get frustrated and discouraged sometimes where the Lord does a great work in your life and you have this conviction and, and you're on fire for the Lord, right? And you walk out of the, the walls of this church and you're just like, man, I'm going to charge, you know, in my life, I'm going to charge, you know, this world with Jesus, my family with Jesus, and I'm going to walk with him and spend time with him. And then days go by and weeks go by. And sometimes it's easy to see those convictions kind of fall. 
And we get discouraged, right? And the enemy comes around and the enemy pours out guilt upon us. And, 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 and sometimes you can just feel so isolated, you know, in this journey before us. I believe isolation is one of the greatest tools of the enemy. And so we recognize that when we study God's word, the Bible teaches we need one another. We've been going through this process of intentional vision clarity as a senior staff of really just working through a, 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 a really a 10-month process of saying, Lord, allow us to see your will. Allow us to see your vision beyond the walls of a worship center or beyond the walls of whatever this facility may be. And in the midst of that, the Lord has confirmed in our hearts how critical our groups within this body are for us to grow in the Lord. And so my challenge this morning, and you're going to hear it from Pastor Caleb in just a moment, and you're going to hear it as I come back at the end. My challenge this morning is to take a step of faith. Easier said than done. If you're not connected to a group somewhere, whether you've been here a day, a year, a month, 10 years, maybe there's some of you who are part of the original group, but you're not connected to a life group somewhere, I want to ask you to be willing to step outside of a comfort zone and watch what the Lord will do in the divine appointments that he will solidify in your life. I'm going to ask Pastor Caleb to come at this time. Give Pastor Caleb a round of applause. He has done a tremendous job with our youth ministry. He and his wife, Nolan, uh, moved here uh, a little bit, I guess a little bit over a year ago, last August, August 1st, and uh, they're expecting their second child to, what, all, October what? 14th. October 14th, and so praise the Lord for that. So share a little bit with them if you will. Pregnant. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can only say that, okay? I'm the only one that's allowed to say that. Um, all right, so yeah, my name is Caleb. Um, Student pastor here uh, moved again, like Heath said, um, in August of last year. Um, <clears throat> by September, um, we were in a life group, um, and, and I emphasize that that how long I've been here because some of you, um, and I know if if this congregation represents what I see in the youth ministry, um, a lot of you are, are fairly new, that you haven't been here <laughs> eight, ten, twelve years. Um, that most of you have been here one, two, three years. And you're still thinking, um, for some of you, about, hey, should I get in a life group? Should I, should I uh, be involved? Is it worth it? Is it worth my time? Um, <laughs> and so the staff did not ask me, hey, can you come share about life groups because they wanted me to convince you to join a life group? But, but I'm here to tell you that that's the reason I came up here. It's because I said, absolutely, I, I want to come up and I want to convince you to join a life group because I think it's that valuable. To your, to your walk spiritually, to your marriages, to your family. For me, <clears throat> life group has been a place where I can come to in the midst, especially early on of, and it's still kind of crazy, but, but early on of a crazy new schedule, new place, not knowing a whole lot of people um, that I could come to and, and I could find rest. That in a day that was, was very stressful and a day that was hard to handle, that I could come to a place on Tuesday nights and find rest and find comfort knowing that I'm not the only one dealing with hard things. That in my group there are teachers, there are engineers, there are bankers, there are people who work for the city, there are FedEx drivers, there are people who work for the church, there are stay-at-home moms that in my group, there are, are people from all walks of life. 
And we are centered on God's Word, and the only reason we know each other and, and actually had that encounter was because of Jesus and what Jesus is doing. And, but I can come to them and see that even in their different walks of life in different places, that, man, we're all dealing with, with similar issues. And it's a place where my wife and I could come and, and know that people were going to be praying for us. It's a, it's a place that we, are, we could come and know that we are going to be celebrating together, where we would be crying together, where whatever the day brought, whatever the week brought, that we weren't alone in that, but that we were together. It was also a place of encouragement. The life group encourages us every week to continue to dive in to God's Word. It's a place like our, our group was led not not where our leader would get up and, and just say, hey, here, let me tell you how much I know about the Bible. <clears throat> and I'm not leading it, by the way. I was able to, I'm able to just come and, and be a person in it. But our leader said, no, I want to have a discussion about God's Word and, and the truth it brings. And we follow along with his series um, every week. And, and <clears throat> so it was a place where we, we could come and, and really be encouraged and, and be re, re, um, rejuvenated and excited about getting into God's Word and what God was doing. That outside of life group, we weren't finding that from a lot of different places through our, our daily lives, other than Sunday morning, which isn't enough. But Tuesday nights, right, during the week, we would find people who were encouraging us, and we were being able to encourage them to continue to walk with the Lord. And then lastly, it was a place of spiritual growth, that even me working at a church, there's a huge stigma about that. He could tell you all about it. That when you say, go from I'm a regular person to now I'm in ministry, all your friends like treat you different. Everything kind of changes. People look at you different. Your neighbor's like, oh, goodness, like hide my drink. You know, like everything, like, you know, it's like, oh, I've never seen that before. Like, what, what's going on? <laughs> it, it's, this crazy, it, it's this crazy transition that happens hmm. where, where people are you know, they think you're, you're more than you are. And every week, there's people, some of y'all, some of my group is in this, this service right now, that every week, because of their insight in, into Scripture, and because of what God is teaching them and telling them, I grow and I benefit from them. That it has been a huge place for my wife and I to find spiritual growth, to find rest, to find encouragement, and to find growth. And so I encourage you that if you are here, and whether you've been here six years or six days, I encourage you to take the step and, f and find a life group. Like, this is the closest that this church is ever going to come to tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, I want you to join a group. That you've got to take some kind of initiative and say, okay, God, I'm trusting you in this, and, and I see you, and they're talking about it, it's valuable, and so I'm going to take that step. If there was only one thing you could attend all week long, and I tell students this all the time, if there was only one thing, whether it was Sunday morning or, or it was uh, some kind of other Bible study or, or it was a life group, I would tell you, attend the life group. If there's only one thing you can do, come to the life group. Don't forsake the community of, of Sunday mornings, absolutely, but come to a life group. It is that valuable. It has played that big of a role in my life, and, and I know it will play that big of a role in yours.
but it's something you have to fight for, and, and you've got to make that decision. And so I just encourage you in that. I encourage you to take that step. Thanks. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, buddy. You know, I, I go back to, what, four or five weeks ago, and we looked at that passage of Acts 9. We looked at, um, you know, the conversion of Saul, remember, on the road to Damascus. And, and the conversion of, of Saul, the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, appeared to him and gave him one instruction. Just do the first thing I'm telling you. He said, just go to the city. Nothing beyond that. And so it began with just, you know, an, an initial step of, of obedience. And this is what we're asking. We don't know what step two and step three and step four. It may be that you, the Lord connects you to an existing group. That's wonderful. It may be that it takes you two or three groups before you get to the group that the Lord confirms this is where you need to be. It may be that you're a part of forming a new group, maybe hosting it in your home or leading it in your home. Regardless, what we're asking and what we're challenging you as a body to at least take that initial step. So take your phones out. I never thought I would say this from the pulpit. I usually say, take your Bibles. Take your phones out at this time. And I'm going to have you text something. You ready? Text the word groups, G-R-O-U-P-S, to this number. I want to give you my dad's phone number so bad right now, but I'm not going to do that. That would be so funny, though, wouldn't it? I just thought about that. No, I'm not going to do that. All right, so to 25399, right here, 25399. If you type groups and you send it to 25399, what it's going to do, it's going to send the page to you, the page. So we're trying to help you take as many steps as you can. The page on the website, if you go to the website, you can choose to go that route. You, you click on the button that says groups. After you click on the button that says groups, you'll have a couple of tabs that will that will pop up. You can, you can click on another one that shows you all the groups that are being offered on campus. You can click on the one below it that shows you all the groups that are being offered off campus. You click on the button that says join a life group. There's a button there that says join a life group. And then it gives you a form, name, email, and then what, where you're at in life, your demographic, what you're looking for. Are you married? Are you with kids, without kids? Uh, you know, what area of the town do you live in? Uh, and so the, it allows us to kind of take all of us and then try to see where the Lord is connecting us. And so my challenge this morning, man, as we seek to walk out the gospel together, man, let's do it as many members of one body. And I can tell you, man, as God continues to lead us, this is something that will continue to be one of the core values of our church because we recognize that in a room this size, it's hard. It's hard to connect for an hour and 15 minutes in a room this size. And so we recognize that has to happen intentionally in relationships, in community, in a life group that's centered around God's word. Can I get an amen? Amen. We serve a God who loves us. We serve a God who has provided a savior, but we serve a God who wants to walk with us through all of these seasons. And let me just, let me just say, test the Lord in this, test the Lord in this and watch what God will do as he begins to connect dots in your life and bring you to relationships, relationships that are centered around God's word. I remember when God did a mighty work in my life, I was in my early twenties. And I remember the transition. I all of a sudden was surrounded by individuals who I had developed relationships with who weren't seeking the Lord. And now that God did this great work in my life, I, I saw that, okay, I love these people and I want to you know, be an be a ambassador of Christ to these people. But at the same time, if I'm going to grow in my walk with Jesus, I got to be surrounded by believers with like-minded individuals that can open up God's word and say, you know what, this is what I believe it teaches me when it comes to this in my life or when it comes to that in my life. Biblical community, I believe, is what we see all throughout the New Testament church.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I want to invite our worship team out here at this time. We're going to close and I'm going to stick to my time frame that I said we were going to do. And so we're going to invite you to go out, head outside to the tent. Uh, I know some of you might be say, well, it's not in the right place in my life right now, not in the right season. Uh, we're not going to lock those doors. Okay, we're not going to lock those doors. We have told our greeters to give you dirty looks as you make the, your way out. The, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Different seasons of our lives. Let's stand. Let's pray. Let's be dismissed. Come back next week, man. We're looking forward to the fall launching into our fall series, the book of Nehemiah, uh, September 10th officially. And next week as we lay the groundwork for that. God bless you. Thank you for being here. If you're a guest with us again today, a little bit different. Uh, next week, we'll be back into our normal routine. But head out. There's some ice cream. Did I mention that? There's some ice cream. Bacon, eggs. Is that out there? I'm not sure. Maybe. Go check. Let's close in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you because you first loved us. And Lord, through your love for us, you have provided us a way, as sinful men and women, to be saved, to be forgiven. Jesus is not a way, he's the way. And so, Lord, we thank you for the way, the truth, the life. We thank you for our Jesus who willingly went to the cross for our sins. We thank you that it did not end upon the cross, that we gather here today because we serve a risen Savior. We serve a Savior who has overcome our sins, who have overcome the grave. He has overcome death. And so, Lord, you have called us to walk in newness of life, Help us each day to lay down those old garments, to walk in the spirit, to die to the flesh. But Lord, your word teaches us that we need one another in that. And so Lord, help us continue to build biblical community here at River Oak Church. Lord, we pray that you would connect the dots as we take just the first step. Lord, we pray that you would open the right doors that need to be open. We pray for those divine appointments that will take place today, this week, next week, all for your glory, all for your honor, to make us more like Jesus. We pray it in his name and all of God's people said, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Go get you some ice cream. We'll see you next Sunday.